Thank you for joining us for digital worship at Grace United Methodist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us on Facebook at Grace United Methodist Church Cheyenne or on our website at CheyenneGraceUMC.com. Thanks for joining us for worship whenever and wherever you are. Good morning and welcome to Grace United Methodist Church on this fall, very fall-like morning. We thank our Creator for the wonderful smell and fragrance of fresh rain clearing out the air for us here today. And we're so glad that you're here to join us no matter where you are, when you are, or how you are. When two or more are gathered in his name, he is with us, regardless of when and how and where we are. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving Heavenly Creator, we are grateful for you. And we are gathering here in this time, in this space, and across the miles, and across the fiber optics, to celebrate you and to renew our spirits so that we can help and nurture those we encounter along the way that you have placed in our lives. Father God, we pray that all that we do and say here today will make you honored, will glorify you, and will free us of the burdens that weigh us down, that prevent us from being in your peace and your grace. In Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Now I turn this over for our reflection connection to Pastor Zach. Thank you. Well, again, grace and peace to each of you as you have joined us this morning. I had the opportunity to do our Reflection Connection today. And last week was Pastor Appreciation Day. And uh, Wanda shared a lot of really nice things about, about me and appreciation for Michael and the family. And, uh, well, we're just super grateful. We're grateful for the cards and the Facebook messages and emails and all that we received this last week. Uh, and really ongoing since we've gotten here. But today is Lady Appreciation Sunday, and I wanted to take an opportunity just to say thank you and let you know how much I appreciate you as Lady. We certainly couldn't do this without you. In fact, I, I don't know that I'd have a job without you. If there's nobody here, well, I'm just a talking head. But in all of my appreciation for all that you do to continue to keep us um, running, uh, with your faithful service and just your generosity and your passions. Um, I wanted to share something with you. This is a figure eight knot. It's traditionally a climbing knot, and our district superintendent, Mark Calhoun, is giving these to every church in our district throughout Wyoming. And it's representative of how we are together, 
It's representative of our relationship. And, and see, the thing about this knot is it saves lives. When this figure eight knot is tied correctly, it doesn't break. It doesn't slip. It's tight. It keeps hikers and or climbers connected. It's their lifeline. And I think that says a lot about us as a church that when we are together, we are better. When we remember that we are connected, we are better. We're there with each other through thick and thin. We save lives when we're connected in this way. And so this is our reminder that clergy, pastor, lady, you all, we're in this together. And I'm going to keep this here on our altar table as a reminder of how we're connected. A reminder that it's not just about me, or it's not just about you, and it's really not just about us as a church, it's about all of us, together, in our community, making a difference, going and being the hands and feet of God, and bringing love and grace to all people. And so let us remember this lifeline. Let us remember how we're connected and that we're better together. Let's go and change this world in that way. And Zoe's going to share our scripture for us this morning. The scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through chapter 5, verses 2. Jesus traveled through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. He announced the good news to, of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. News about them, about him spread through Syria. People threw, brought him to people brought to him all those who had various kinds of diseases, those in pain, those possessed by demons, those with ellipses, and those who were paralyzed, and healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, and Judea and from the areas beyond the Jordan River. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountain, he sat down, and his, and his disciples came to him. I'm with Glenda. I'm imagining all the kids coming forward and sitting all around me, and it's, and it's awesome. Um, so if you're a kid or you're a kid at heart, thank you for being here today. Um, and I want to talk to the kids about what this is. So this is a really cool device. It's my phone. I love my phone. I know we're not supposed to love our phones. I know we're supposed to be like, okay, put it aside. We need to engage. I love my phone. I love my phone because it helps me be connected with so many people and so many things. And Pastor Zach and I were talking this morning about um, how do you get information. And I love the ending of this passage when it says, um, Jesus sat down on the mountainside and he began to teach the disciples. And how do we do that today? Well, look, there's very few people around me. But look at how our technology and our phone, we still get to um, share the good news. And if Jesus had a phone, what would he do with it? Do you think he'd be on it all the time? 
I don't know. Do you think you'd love it as much as I love mine? Yeah, I don't know. Some of you kids have phones. And at what age did you get your phone? What do you do with your phone? Do you do games? Do you talk to friends? Do you do homework? Our phones are such a good connector. However, how much is too much? And what are you doing with it? So the phone is not evil, but the phone is a tool. And how do you use the tool? Just like the hammer is a tool, you can use the hammer to build amazing things, or you can use the hammer to destroy. And so if you think about your phone and how you communicate, how are you sharing the good news? What are you sharing? Are you sharing good news? And how do you use your tool? We have a wonderful tool to be able to connect and reach out and support and take care of one another. Or do we use it for other things? So one of the things I'm talking about with my kiddos and my students um, that I teach is um, use your brain. So the tool is great. It's a good tool. But use your brain. And how many times do we need your reaction and just bleh? Okay, sometimes I do that because I like to talk and I have so many things in my head and sometimes they fly out of my mouth. Sometimes they fly out of my mouth without me using my brain. So I have to think through that and I have to think about, okay, how am I using this tool? And my mouth is also a tool. And what am I sharing and what am I forwarding and what am I liking and what am I thinking? Because it's going to come out of my mouth. So as we go through these next several weeks of big decisions in our country, what are we sharing? What are we doing? And I love my phone, but it's a tool. And how do I use my brain and use the tool correctly? So if you're a kid new with the phone, what are you doing? And if you're a big kid or an older kid with the phone, what are you doing? And are you using your brain? Because that's where the real connection can come from. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you have given us so many tools. You have also given us the ability to think. Dear Lord, please help us think. Please help us think about what you want. And how can we spread your word and your love? How can we be patient? And how can we love one another? When maybe we don't use our tools effectively. And when maybe they get out of hand. Dear Lord, be with us. Help us to communicate your good news. And help us to love one another. Amen. Well, again, grace and peace, if you, as you have joined us for worship this morning, I'm Pastor Zach Bechtel, the pastor here at Grace, and we're glad that you're joining us whenever and wherever and however you are. And today I'm going to start our sermon by giving a plug for next week's sermon. And I know, I know what you're thinking, Pastor, let's get through today before we think about next week, and well, just hang in there with me. We're going to start a new, or we're starting a new sermon series exploring a few of the Beatitudes, and we'll start those next week. But I think it's important that we get to know where in Scripture those come and understand why they're important. But really to understand why the Beatitudes are important, we need to understand the fullness of what surrounds them. See, we find the Beatitudes in the Gospel of Matthew within arguably the greatest sermon ever preached. 
see in the Gospel of Matthew from chapters 5 to 7. We call that the Sermon on the Mount. And as you've heard this morning, Jesus gathers and sits on the mountainside and begins to teach. And this collection of teachings sets up Jesus' ministry throughout the Gospels. See, Matthew's concern for the beginning of writing the Gospel is establishing Jesus' authority. See, in, in Matthew's gospel, it starts out with a detailed genealogy. Here's where Jesus comes from. It moves into the fulfillment of prof- prophecy with John the baptizer and the baptism and temptation of Jesus. And then Jesus goes and calls those to follow him. And now he sits down and has these authoritative teachings. Matthew does this in a way to set up, Jesus has this authority. Now listen. And as often as it happens, word begins to travel about this Jesus guy very quickly. People begin to gather around and listen to see and to hear if everything that they have heard is true. And that's where we pick up in Matthew's gospel today. Here again from chapter 4. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every disease and sickness among people. News about him spread throughout Syria. People brought to him those who had various kinds of diseases, those in pain, those possessed by demons, those with epilepsy, and those who were paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee to Decapolis to Jerusalem, Judea, and from the areas beyond the Jordan River. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, he sat down, and the disciples came to him. It comes as no surprise to us that this is the way, or that as Jesus begins his ministry, as he begins preaching and teaching and healing, word of hope. And good news begins to travel pretty fast. People were hungry for the message that Jesus was preaching. But what was the message that Jesus brought with him on the Sermon on the Mount? What did Jesus preach in the greatest sermon ever preached? Well, Jesus starts with the Beatitudes that we'll get into next week. But those are the the blessed are those who. It's that part of the scripture. And then Jesus goes on to get it. He gets into the law. What people shouldn't and should do with the laws. See, Jesus starts with the foundation of the message and the gospel. He, before he gets into those laws, he starts with the beatitudes of who we're called to be And then he moves right into teaching about salt and light. Here again, here here from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. 
Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in his house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see good thing, the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. So that's where Jesus starts. With the foundation of who we're called to be, blessed are those, and then go and be salt and light. And now Jesus gets into the law. Jesus establishes that he's not here to do away with the law and the prophets, but he's here to fulfill the law. And that's a bold claim. Church, that's a bold claim. And if you're sitting there on that mountainside, hearing Jesus talk about who will inherit the kingdom of God, trying to figure out what it means to be salty, and possibly humming this little light of mine, you already have a lot to ponder. Jesus already has your attention. You've already heard an amazing sermon right there. And then Jesus hits you with, I haven't come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. Well, now he's got your attention. Jesus certainly would have, would have had mine. See, Jesus could have left it just at that and moved on. I came to fulfill the law, not to get rid of it. But he, moved, he continues on. He unpacks what he means by that, and he talks about murder and adultery and divorce and pledges. He talks about eye for an eye, and he talks about loving your enemy. He doesn't just say, do follow the law. He says, here, follow these. Here's how you do it. And then Jesus turns his attention on how to practice your faith. If it wasn't enough to say, follow the law, he says, now here's how. First, he begins to say, don't have showy religion, showy prayer, showy fasting. And then he turns his attention to consumerism, the things that bring us down. Jesus calls us to action, to see and to serve, to put our faith to work. That there's a difference in seeing this world and serving it rather than showing people you have faith. Then Jesus tells us not to worry, which is a whole sermon in itself. God's love and grace abound, and he tells us not to judge. And as much as we want it to be our job sometimes, Jesus reminds us that judgment is not our job. He tells us to faithfully ask and receive, search and we will find, knock and the door will be opened. He reminds us not to take the easy way out. He reminds us to watch out for false prophets and reminds us that we can be all talk and no action. And in the same breath, Jesus reminds us to build our house on rock and not sand. And he says all of this. He says all of this to remind us of God's love and grace that it is before us. He says, here it is. Now live into it. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teachings, because he was teaching them like someone with authority and not like their legal experts. See, where the legal experts simply informed them of the law, 
and said, you have to do it this way. Jesus called the people to live it out. He said, here it is, and here's how you do it. And to live into the law, he reminds them, it brings them closer to God and closer to one another. Jesus lays it all out before them with authority and grace. Now that we have the cliff note versions of, uh, of the Sermon on the Mount, I invite you to dig into them on your own. It's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5 through 7. There's a lot there. Dig into them. Read through them. See how, see what questions they bring up for you. See how it reinforces, see how it brings you closer to God. But I think it leaves us a question. What do we do with this? What do we do with the greatest sermon ever preached here in the Gospel of Matthew? Well, for me, I take it back to the very first thing that Jesus teaches. He tells those that are there to be the salt of the earth, to live into their flavor, to not hide their light of God's love and grace under a basket, to be a beacon on a hill guiding the way for those who are around them. The Sermon on the Mount is a call for us to know God's love deeply. It's a call to live into our faith in a way that brings hope to all people. The Sermon on the Mount is the foundation to live out our faith. See, Jesus gives us the baseline of what it means to follow him right here. And then he spends the rest of the Gospels living by example. He doesn't just say, here, do these things. Here, follow the law. Here, be salty, be light. Don't do this, don't do that and leave it at that. No, he tells us, here's what it is, and then he does it. He leads by example. The Sermon on the Mount is a call to action for us to faithfully live out our lives. And to live faithfully means we put our faith to work. To see the world with the same eyes that Jesus sees the world with, and then act, and then be the hands and feet. It means that when we see injustice, when we see the poor and oppressed, it's not enough to see. Jesus calls us to act. Jesus tells us it's not enough to be salt because salt can lose its flavor. And it's not enough to be light because we can hide it under a basket. We are called to shine brightly. We are called to be salty, which means we live out our faith. So church, I have to ask you, how and where is your faith in action today? How are you being the salt of the earth today? In what ways is the light of your faith shining into the darkness of this world? In church, how are we? How are we living out our faith together as a church and individually? Because we do both. We do it together. We do it individually. We live out our faith in these ways, in community. But it all comes down to action. Jesus reminds us in the Sermon on the Mount that it's not enough to know the law. It's not enough to see. We're called to act. We're called to go. And Jesus spends the rest of the Gospels 
the rest of his ministry and through the Holy Spirit, sending us out into this world to go and make a difference, to go and share love and grace with all people, to go be the salt of the earth and shine light into this world. And so let us hear this call to action from Christ in these moments right here and right now to see and to go. To be salty. To shine brightly. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Michael and I are going to share a song with you this morning. It's called Mountain. And it's a song in which we hold near and dear, partly because we find God's love and grace, we find God's presence in the mountains often in our lives, and yet it's in these words and in this song that bring us close together. I've seen your grace from the mountain I felt you there in the valley below I see your love and your mercy You're guiding me home I know you're in every season I feel your hand bringing control. Jesus, your love is my anchor. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. I will trust in you. I will not be moved. High on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice. And in the valley, I will be dancing for joy in every season. You are worthy in every moment. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. You are my light and salvation. My God is with me, there's nothing to fear. Jesus, our hope, our redemption, your presence is here. Your presence is here. I will trust in you, I will not be moved. High on the mountain, I will be lifting my voice and in the valley. I will be dancing for joy in every season. You are worthy in every moment. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're Our hearts on fire, 
Jesus our victory the sound of triumph the song inside us Jesus our victory we won't be silent our hearts on fire Jesus our victory the sound of triumph the song inside us Jesus our victory high on the mountain I will be lifting my voice and in the valley I will be dancing for joy in every season you are worthy in every moment you're wonderful high on the mountain I will be lifting my voice and in the valley I will be dancing for joy in every season you are worthy in every moment you're wonderful you're wonderful Thank you. Thank you. So much fun. <sighs> well, church, we'd invite you to, if you have joys and concerns, to write those. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, put those in the message there. We'll lift them up in prayer over the next week. Um, we invite you to lift up in prayer. Uh, say it out loud. Keep it in however you need to do it here at home. But we ask to invite you that uh, you just lift those prayers up together in these moments. And they give you a moment to just go to God in silent prayer. We'll come together in the pastoral prayer and we'll end together with the Lord's Prayer. I invite you to pray faithfully in these moments. gracious and loving God, we come to you today, lifting up our hearts in prayer. No matter how we've shared our prayer, no matter if we've said it out loud or we've written it on Facebook, or we hold it close, we know that you are a God that hears our prayers. Continue to share, to show us where to go. Continue to call us out in this world to be your salt and light. God, open our eyes so that we may see, our ears so that we may hear, and free up our hands so that we can go be your hands and feet. 
May we continue to be faithful. May we continue to lift up our loved ones, those who are seeking healing, those who are wandering, those who have lost loved ones, those who need your mercy. Each and every one of us are in need of your grace, O God. And so may we be in your presence in these moments with one another and with you. And may we simply rest on the mountainside and hear your words, hear your call to go. God, we pray these things as your church and as your children. And as the body of Christ, we come together and we pray the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'd invite you, I'm not terribly sure what our announcements are today, <laughs> but uh, we do send those out in an email on every uh, Monday morning and, and Wednesday morning. If you'd like to get an announcement into Kathy, please email us at gumc at outlook.com and we'll get those announcements in. You can always check our Facebook page uh, and anywhere you can find us um, online through our website or other social medias. Uh, check us out there. Church? That's all I have for you today. Thank you for joining us whenever and however. May this be a blessing to you and may you go from this place and be salty. Go from this place and be the light in the darkness of this world. Go and see. Go. Go. Take God's love and grace to all people. Pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for digital worship at Grace United Methodist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us on Facebook at Grace United Methodist Church Cheyenne or on our website at CheyenneGraceUMC.com. Thanks for joining us for worship whenever and wherever you are.